in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's program I have the second part of Bertolt Brecht's hearing in front of the comedy of un-American activities for you. So stay tuned. But first, the news. Radio Goethe Magazine. The news with Nina Paula. Berlin. Good news from the labor market. A record 40.3 million people were employed in Germany last year, according to figures released by the Federal Office of Statistics. The record numbers of employment last year was the highest number since German unification in 1990. So the economic downturn in the second half of 2008 did not have a major effect on employment. But as the world economic crisis continues, it will be only a matter of time before German manufacturers start slashing jobs again. Berlin Germany is sinking into a spectacular deep freeze. Temperatures fell as low as minus 33 degrees Celsius in Bavaria and the weather is expected to remain arctic for several days. The country is covered in a sheet of snow and ice, lakes are frozen and roads are slippery. Commuters are complaining, but for example Berlin's Sue Polar Bear Knut is having a good time. Berlin. The famous Marienfelde Refugee Center has closed its doors for good. For many it was a place where they could prepare for a new life in the West after turning their backs on communist Eastern Europe during the Cold War. The Marienfelde camp was set up in 1953 and operated first by US, British and French allied officials and later by West Berlin authorities. Now the camp is under protection as an historic building. Berlin. The city palace, Berlin's Stadtschloss, is to be rebuilt on the site of the former East German parliament. But opinion is sharply divided on whether or not such an undertaking makes any sense in today's Berlin. The new building has already been dubbed the Humboldt Forum and will serve as a center for cultural, scientific and social exchange. Opponents of the latest reconstruction plans have dismissed the project as sheer stage set architecture. Berlin. Germany's renowned Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra has entered uncharted territory, offering a subscription to digital broadcasts of their entire season. Fans of the orchestra can now follow its performances from anywhere in the world, provided they have access to the Internet, though a new digital concert hall. The debut performance on the 6th of January, in which Sir Simon Rattle conducted Brahms' first symphony, was the first to be broadcasted online. The digital concert hall can be found under dch.berliner-philharmonica.de.
Last week we had the first part of an historical recording on this show. On October 30, 1947, the German playwriter Bertolt Brecht, who fled Nazi Germany for the US, had to appear before the comedy on un-American activities. The witch hunt was on in the United States for communists in the film and entertainment industry. Brecht, an outspoken and openly political left-leaning writer, had to answer those questions by Congress. You can find part one on our website radiogoethe.org. Just click on the magazine part. Right after the hearing, Brecht left the United States and settled in East Berlin. Uh, Mr. Brecht, uh, could you tell the committee how many times you've been to Moscow? Yeah. I was in was invited to Moscow uh, two times. Who invited you? Uh, uh, was it? The first time I was invited uh, by by Vox, that is in a cultural, it's an organization for cul cultural exchange. Or, I, don't uh, I was invited to show a a picture, a documentary picture. I had helped to make in Berlin. What was the name of that picture? Uh, the name is... Uh, uh, the name of a suburb of Berlin, Kuhle Wampe. Can you spell that for K-U-H-L-E-W-A-M-P-E. Uh, while you were in Berlin, did you meet I mean, uh, pardon me. While in Moscow, did you meet uh, Sergei T-R-E-T-Y-A-K-O-V? T-R-E-T-Y-A-K-O-V. Tretiakov. Uh, uh, Tretiakov, yes. Yeah, that is a, a Russian playwright. Yes. Writer. Yes. He translated uh, some of my poems and I think one play. Uh, Mr. Chairman, International Literature, number 5, 1937, uh, published by the State Literary Art Publishing House in Moscow, had an article by Sergei Tretikov, leading Soviet writer, an interview he had with Mr. Brecht. On page 60, it states, quote, I was a member of the, this is, he's quoting Mr. Brecht, I was a member of the Augsburg Revolutionary Committee, Brecht continued. Nearby in Munich, Levine raised the banner of Soviet power. Augsburg lived in the reflected glow of Munich. The hospital was the only militant unit in the town. It elected me to the Revolutionary Committee, end quote. Petrokov continues. He wrote Drum at Night. This work contained echoes of the revolution. The work of the scathing satire on those who had deserted the revolution. His play, Das Nominee, the first of Brecht's plays on a communist theme, is arranged like a court where the characters try to justify themselves for having killed a comrade. When he visited Moscow in 1932, Brecht told me his plan to organize a theater in Berlin which would reenact the most interesting court trials in the history of mankind. For example, the trial of Karl Marx. The story of economics brought Brecht to Marx and Lenin whose works became an indispensable part of his library. 
Breck studies and quotes Lenin. Lenin is a great thinker and is a great master of prose. According to Breck, the theater should act upon the spectator's intellect. The traditional drama portrays the struggle of class instincts. Brexit demands that the struggle of class instincts be replaced by the struggle of social consciousness, of social conviction. He maintains that the situation must not only be felt, but explained, crystallized into the idea which will overturn the world. Breck, the artist, has an extremely broad and varied range. He has composed many ballads, songs, and choruses on the subject of revolutionary ruthlessness. His bookshelf, however, contains books of science and action and Lenin. Do you recall that interview, Mr. Breck? No. Must have been written 20 years ago or so. I'll show you the magazine, Mr. Frank. Yeah. I do not doubt there was also that interview, of course. I do not recall, which Tibbling, I do not recall the interview in itself. I think it is a more or less uh, journalistic, uh, uh, to some person. Summary, make up. A summary of of uh, of talks or discussions about many things made have, by Tretiakov. Have many of your writings been based upon the uh, philosophy of Lenin, Marx? No, I don't think that is quite correct. And uh, but of course. Uh, I studied, I had to study as a playwright, I think, who wrote historic uh, plays. I, of course, had to study, to study uh, uh, Marx's ideas about history. I do not think that uh, intelligent plays today, today can be written without uh, that study. Also, history now is uh, written now is widely influenced by this by the studies of Marx about history. Uh, Mr. Breck, since you have been in uh, the United States, have you attended any Communist Party meetings? No, I do not think so. You don't think so? No. Well, aren't you certain? No. I'm, 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 I'm certain, I think. You're yes. certain that you've never attended? Yeah, quite, I think so. You have, yeah. yeah, you see, yeah, I'm here six years. I'm here six years. I do not think so. That, they do not think that I attended, that I attended uh, political uh, meetings. No, no, never mind political meetings, but have you attended any communist meetings in the United States? I do not think so. No. You're certain? I think I'm certain. You think you're certain? Yeah. I mean, you don't know uh, No, I have not attended such meetings, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Mr. Breck, have you, uh, since you've been in the United States, have you met with any officials of the Soviet government? Yes. Yes, in, uh, in uh, Hollywood, I was invited sometimes three or four times there, uh, to the 
Soviet consulate with, of course, with many other. And who are, what others? What? What others? With other writers and uh, artists and uh, and uh, actors, to uh, they gave uh, some uh, receptions uh, at the special Soviet fire festivities. Yeah, festivities. Did any uh, officials of the Soviet government ever come and visit you? I don't think so. Uh, didn't Gregory Kaifitz visit you on April the 14th, 1943? Vice Consulate, the Soviet government? You know Gregory Kaifitz, don't you? Uh, <coughs> watch out on this one. I don't uh, remember that name, but uh, I might have no, uh, known him, yes. I don't uh, remember. Did he come and visit you on April the 14th? 1943. It is quite possible. And again on April the 27th. And again on June 16, 1944. That is quite possible, yes. Said somebody, I do not know, uh, uh, I do not remember the name, but, uh, but that somebody of the, uh, of the, some of the cultural attaches or, or uh, was, was cultural attaches. Yeah, or, or G-R-E-G-O-R-I, capital K-H-E-I-F-E-T-S. Cap, I'll spell the last name again. K-H-E-I-F-E-T-S. Kaifitz. Yes. Do you remember Mr. Kaifitz? I do not remember the name, but, uh, but it is quite possible. Uh, but I remember, I remember that, uh, that, uh, that from the... I think from the, yes, from the consulate, from the Russian consulate, uh, some people visited me, not, but not only this man, only also, I think, consul once, but I do not remember his name either. What was the nature of his business? Uh, he, uh, uh, it must have been uh, about, uh, about, uh, uh, my literary connections with uh, with uh, German writers, and uh, some of them are friends of mine. In, German writers? In, yeah, in Moscow. In Moscow. Yeah. And uh, there appeared in, in the Staatsverlag, in Soviet Union, translations of my plays, for instance, uh, this uh, private life of the master race and Galileo and a novel, The Penny for the Poor, and poems and so. Did uh, Gerhard Eisler, Gerhard Eisler ever visit you? Not Hans, but Gerhard. Yeah, I met Gerhard Eisler too. He's the brother of Hans and he visited me with Hans and then three or four times uh, without Hans. Uh, could you tell us in what year he visited you? Wasn't it the uh, same year that Mr. Kaifitz visited you? I don't, I do not know, but 
there's no connection. I Do you recall him visiting you on January the 17th, 1944? No, I do not recall his date. But he might have visited me, visited me and his date. Uh, why did he visit you? Now, uh, he used to ask for his brother, who, as I told you, is an old friend of mine, and we played some games of chess, too, and we spoke about politics. About politics? Yeah. He's what a was that last answer? I didn't get the last answer. They spoke about politics. In any of your conversations with Gerhard Eisler, uh, did you discuss the German communist movement? Yeah. Germany? Yeah, we spoke about, uh, of course, about uh, German politics. He, He's a specialist in that. He's a politician. He is a politician. So he, yeah, he knew, he of course knew very much more than I knew about the situation in Germany. Uh, Mr. Brecht, can you tell the committee, uh, when you entered this country, did you make a statement to the immigration service concerning your past affiliations? I do not remember to have made such a statement, but I made, I think, the usual statement that I did not in, uh, want to or intend to overthrow the American government. I might have been asked whether I belong to the Communist Party. I do not remember to have been asked, but then I would have answered what I told you, that I was not. That's what I remember. You stated, did, did they ask you whether or not you'd ever been a member of the Communist Party? I do not remember. Did they ask you whether or not you'd ever been to the Soviet Union? I think they asked me yes, and they told them. Did they question you about your writings? No, not, not as I remember, no. No, they did not. I do not remember any discussion about uh, literature in the consulate in Helsinki. Now, you stated that you sold the book, the story, Hangman Also Died. United Artists. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, to an independent firm. In, yeah, in, yeah. Did Hans Eisler do the background music for Hangman also died? Yes, he did. Uh, do you recall who starred in that picture? No, I do not. You, you don't even remember who played the leading role in the picture? I... <coughs> I think Brian Don Levy played it. Do you remember any of the other actors or actresses who were in it? No, I do not. You see, it had not very much to do with the filmization itself. I, I saw the story and I gave then to the script writers some advice about the background of Nazis, in, of uh, the na Nazism in uh, Czechoslovakia. So had nothing to do with the actor. Mr. Tripling, can we hurry this along? We've got a heavy schedule yes. this afternoon. Now, uh, Mr. Brecht, since you have been in the United States, have you contributed articles to the to any communist publications in the United States? I don't think so, no. 
Are uh, you familiar with the magazine New Masses? No. You never heard of it? Yes, of course. Did you ever contribute anything to it? No. Did they ever publish any of your works? Sir, I do not know. They may, might have published some, uh, some translation of a poem, I think. But uh, I had no uh, direct connections. Uh, not did in you, a sense of anything. Did you collaborate with Hans Eisler in song, uh, in praise of learning? Yeah, I collaborated. I wrote that song. He only wrote you the wrote, You wrote the song. I wrote the song. Would you, uh, would you recite to the committee the words of that song? Yeah, I would. Uh, may I point out that that song is is uh, a is uh, comes from an adaptation I made of uh, Gorky's novel *The Mother*. And in in this song, a Russian worker woman addresses other. Poor people. Uh, it was produced in this country, was it? Yes. Certified uh, in New York. Yes. Now, I'll read the words and ask you if this is true. Please. Uh, learn now the simple truth. You for whom the time has come at last. It is not too late. Learn now the ABC. It is not enough, but learn it still. Fear not. Be not downhearted. Begin. You must learn the lesson. You must be ready to take over. You no, must be... Uh, excuse me, that is the wrong translation. Uh, uh, that is not the right. Just one second, I'll give you the correct text. That's not a correct translation? It's not correct, no. As well, to the meaning, it is not correct. As to the meaning, it is not very beautiful, but uh, I'm not speaking well, what about What does it that. mean? No. <laughs> well, here is the... Uh, I have here the... Uh, Songs of the People, uh, which was issued by the Communist Party of the United States, published by the Workers' Library of Publishers. Page 24, it says, In Praise of Learning, by Bert Breck, music by Hans Eisler. And it says here, uh, You must be ready to take over. Learn it, men on the dole. Learn it, men in the prisons. Learn it, women in the kitchens. Learn it, men of 65. You must be ready to take over. Yeah, and where, uh, go right on through. That's, trans- a, that's the chorus of it. You must Mr. be ready to take yeah, over. Mr. Tripping, uh, maybe to translate them. The correct translation would be, you must take the lead. You must take the, de- the lead. The lead. It definitely says lead. It's the same word as the leader Hitler or something like that. It or is not take over. It, the translation is not a literary translation of uh, the German text I see here. Well, Mr. Breck, uh, as it has been published in these uh, publications of the Communist Party, then is that incorrect? What did you mean? I do not remember to have... Uh, I, do n- I never got that book myself. I must not have been in the country when it was published. I think it was published as a song of uh, one of the songs Eisler had written the music to. I did not give any permission to, to publish it. I did not see, I think I never saw the translation. Uh, well, do you, have the, do you have the words there before? In German, you? yes. Of the song, as it appears. Oh, yes, it's a book. Not as it was originally. In German, day. Uh, 
It goes on. You must be ready to take over. You must be ready to take over. Don't hesitate to ask questions, comrade. Is that, is that in there? Don't hesitate to ask questions, comrade. Uh, why not? Uh, why not let? The, uh, 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 why not let, let uh, him uh, translate from the German word for word? Yeah, I think you are mainly interested in translation of this refrain, which comes uh, back and back, which is the end. I can't understand the interpreter any more than I can understand. Mr. Chairman, I apologize. I said, Mr. If you just please speak yes. in that microphone, maybe we can. The last line of all three verses is uh, correctly to be translated, you must take over the lead, and not you must uh, take over. You must take the lead would be the best and correct, most accurate translation. Uh, Mr. Breck, did you ever make application to join the Communist Party? Uh, I do not understand uh, the question. Uh, the question. Did I make? Have you ever made application to join the Communist Party? Of no, any no, 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 never. Uh, Mr. Chairman, we have. I was independent. I was an independent writer, and I wanted to be an independent writer, and I pointed that out. And also, uh, theoretically, I think uh, it was the best for me not to not to join any party whatever and all these things you you read here were not only see, uh, written for the german communists but they were also written for the for workers of any other kind social democratic work, workers were in this uh, in this performances so were Catholic workers from Catholic unions, so were workers which never had been in a party or didn't want to go into a party. Mr. Breck, did uh, Gerhard Eisler ever ask you to join the Communist Party? No, no. Did Hans Eisler ever ask you to join the Communist Party? No, he did not. I think they considered me just as a writer who wanted to write the truth as he saw it, but not as a political figure. Do you recall anyone ever having asked you to join the Communist Party? Uh, some, some people might have uh, suggested it to me, but then I pointed out that it was not my business. Who were those people that asked you to join the Communist Party? Oh, readers or... Who? Readers of my my poems or or people from the audiences you mean uh, there was never an official approach uh, to me to public but some, some people did ask you to join the communist party didn't they? Uh, in germany, in germany you mean in germany no i mean in the united states no 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 now you let you let him he's doing all right he's doing much better than his other witnesses that you brought here <laughs> you don't ever recall anyone in the united states ever asked you to join the no Congress i do party? not recall anybody having asked mr mcdowell do you have any questions no i have not mr vale mr stripling do you have any more questions i would like to ask uh, mr Breck whether or not he wrote 
a poem, a song rather entitled Forward We've Not Forgotten. Forward we what? Forward We've Not Forgotten. I do not uh, recognize the English title, maybe. Can I see? Would you translate it for him into German? Oh, now I remember. Yes, I know. You wrote yes. that. You're familiar with words of that? That is, yeah, that is, yeah. Uh, would um, you committee like me to read that? Yes, without objections, all this. Forward, we've not forgotten our strength in the fights we have won. No matter what may threaten, forward, not forgotten. How strong we are as one. Only these our hands now aching built the roads, the walls, the towers. All the world is of our making. What of it? What of it can we call ours? The refrain. Forward, march on to power through the city, the land, the world. Forward, advance the hour. Just whose city is the city? Just whose world is the world? Forward, we've not forgotten. Our union in hunger and pain, no matter what may threaten, forward not forgotten. We have a world to gain. We shall free the world of shadow, every shop and every room, every road and every meadow. All the world will be our own. Did you write that, Mr. Frank? No, uh, I wrote a German poem, but that is very different, you see, from this thing. That's all the questions I have, Mr. Chairman. Thank you very much, Mr. Breck. And you're a good example to the witnesses of uh, Mr. Kenny and Mr. Crump. We'll recess until 2 o'clock this afternoon. You can listen to part 1 and part 2 of this historical recording on our website radiogoethe.org. We also can subscribe to our free podcast. The entire recording plus commentary by Eric Bentley is available through Smithsonian Folkways. Thanks for listening. I'm Arndt Peltner.